Hello and welcome to the Meaningfuls podcast. This is a show where we take a closer look at our lives and analyze how we communicate with the people around us. My name's Kahe. And I'm Peter Cornelius Ford. And we are both musicians who are fascinated by how our lives and interpersonal connections influence the music and art that we create. So settle in with a nice cup of coffee. Or a nice cup of tea. And enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Meaning Fools podcast. I'm Kahe. I'm Peter. Hello, everyone. And um, today our topic is going to be over drumroll, please. Individuation and collectivism. Uh, now, um, uh, caveats always, we always start with caveats. Um, there's, I suppose, there's like a very well-informed um, political way to approach this topic. And that's not what we're doing here. Uh, for one thing, I'm not well-versed enough on history and the politics of history to talk mm. on collectivism. Because immediately your mind's going to go to, you know, things like socialism and, you know, Mao's China and Russia. Mm. That's not what we're talking about, to my mind. Unless there's something that you wanted to unpack there yourself, Kahe. Um, no, nah, I'm good. We can skip over the politics because there are other podcasts that are much more well-informed than... I, I can't I can't speak for you, but I can speak for myself is that go listen to those podcasts if you want to talk about um, any politics. Um, but I think more we're going to focus on kind of our individual like relationship with the collective and mm -hmm. how that impacts us on just a mental and spiritual level. And again, we are not experts. We are just people who are curious about the world and like to share our experiences. That's right. And so if you are interested in uh, <laughs> the domain that we are addressing, mm. um, then, uh, you know, don't stick here. Go find another podcast. <laughs> in fact, why are we even doing this? <laughs> um, we're not but, experts. We're just chatting shit. Like, just go find yeah. a different podcast. <laughs> this is, see, um, well, no, but this is this is the thing. What we are experts in, I suppose, is um, speaking from our point of view, knowing where we stand, which is actually something I fail at because I love to reference, as I've said in like the first episode, reference and then walk off without giving the reference. Uh, and actually, because it's on my conscience, if I ever say anything, then, you know, John Vivekis probably said it before me. There you go. It's a caveat. Um, so... Uh, Sorry, John. Um, uh, but, you know, these are deeply interesting subjects. And I suppose, again, like, because I'm really getting to grips of what we're doing here. It's kind of like mm. the idea that the lay person, that anybody um, can pick up these subjects and explore them, you know, mm. um, with a friend. And that there's value and meaning in doing that, you know, at any level, that you don't need to have a master's, that it's not necessary to do that. And that it's for your betterment, um, yeah, I, I really am getting into the idea of crystallizing what's going on here because I think that that's mm. a, a good thing to know. And we all know it, but um, I don't know that we always practice it. It's like we all practice that after enough beer, you know? Yeah. Oh, that is very true. Like how many conversations do we have around uh, the table with drinks in our hand, getting all philosophical, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. um, how rarely do we do that sober? which I think is, I think something that's definitely lacking. I think we really, as people, 
really want to find meaning and really crave those kind of conversations with people because we want to be known Mm. and we want to know ourselves and we want to know other people. Um, And I think a lot of times fear and insecurity gets in the way of that and kind of like puts a a block to that intimacy with people. Yeah, actually, this is okay. I always like the fact that it seems like we get two sentences in before we get to somewhere. (laughs) They're like, that's the thing. Right. Um, Because. I, I was actually considering this. This We've spoken before about like, you know, because we've done group sessions with this kind of format before and that we're looking at doing more kind of group workshops to reflect on. And that when we've done that, there's been this idea that there's this group intimacy and that that's, mm. you know, in a in a, a, a platonic way. Uh, and so, but that's an interesting thing because we don't talk about, but that beer scenario, right? That three in the mm. morning at the lock-in with friends and everyone's had a few uh, and everyone has got past their, inhibition to just be who they mm-hmm. want to be and express themselves that there's this weird kind of um intimacy it's not weird mm-hmm. it feels like you're at home but it's the thing yeah. that isn't achieved at the office and, and at the daytime and and i think that that's something about that we're looking to do it in i i i, I very much view it like that that we're creating mm-hmm. the ambience hopefully of three in the morning locking in the pubs <laughs> you know practices that can uh, foster that feeling in a group you know, at any moment of the day um, and can be done in a sober, because there's benefits to mm-hmm. thinking in a sober way as well. Yeah, I I love that. I'm, it's interesting because um, like, I, obviously my background, and I think I've talked about it a little bit, but for any new listeners, my background is um, I grew up in a very um, conservative Christian um, place and it, it, it was very, um, very uh, Pentecostal, which is kind of like speaking in tongues, exercising demons, like dancing around, like, and there was such an emphasis on being connected to a community. And so I feel like I, I've had many years, I mean, that's my whole upbringing was that kind of environment. And I had so many years of practicing that kind of like intimacy with a community that I think a lot of people that didn't have that kind of upbringing don't have in a more tangible way. Um, and kind of when I, cause I, I'm still a Christian and I am still like a person of faith, but I, I'm not in that community anymore. Mm-hmm. And kind of coming out of that and kind of meeting people from different backgrounds, I've kind of discovered that I have that, this like desire and craving for to have that with my groups of friends and with a community. Um, and it, it has been like I can only seem to find that when I'm out like drinking with people as far as like other people receiving or other people being in that space to be like... Mm-hmm open in that way especially in England <laughs> yeah yeah well I'm, I'm actually sat here because you know I come from a line of and you know everyone's wonderful and well and all that mm-hmm. but I come from a line of drinkers and I do not come from a lineage of religion in any point of mm-hmm. my life um and so I'm looking at all like again the etymology is this really really very simple one but like spirit right mm-hmm. you know um and you can get this in the conversation obviously this is something that we look to here you know when you're having a conversation with a friend where there's a spirit in it, a third thing that appears, mm-hmm. um, you know, the things that the conversation takes on this life of its own. 
Um, and you can feel that in a group when you are out and you've all been drinking and there's this realization that you're in this special time and space, which I think mm, you might mm -hmm. get uh, in, you know, in a religious background, I imagine. But I'm also looking at, as I say, my family, because we did practice that, um, mm -hmm. that form. There is, even as a child, you're not drinking, but all the grown-ups are, you know, uh, and when they get to that space, there is something in the building. I remember there being times mm -hmm. where it's like, because all the grown-ups have um, one less layer of formalness to them or one less, yeah. and, right? So they're being slightly more real and slightly closer and um, slightly more kind of, um, what is it? You, you, you reveal yourself more in, in those mm -hmm. moments, I think. Um, yeah, so I think that, we, you know, it's like we were replaced <laughs> almost uh, some religion with that social function, you know, of, of drink. Um, mm -hmm. and you so you feel that that's something that you find those are special moments to to be honest yeah. they really are because I mean no one no one um I'm trying to think of the right wording here like no one is required to give anyone else their time or their um vulnerable vulnerable thoughts or like vulnerable feelings like no one I think that's just such a privilege when you like someone gives you access to that space in their life. Mm. Um, and there's just that kind of trust there that is, is pretty, pretty amazing. And yeah. I think, like I said, like that's something that we all crave as humans. And it's really cool when you get to enter into that space with someone. And it does become about the, the individual in the group because you carry yourself very much in life as an individual, you're more mm -hmm. atomized when you're sober and probably, I suppose, you're more atomized when you're not in this collective religious moment. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's something about the inhibition or the spirituality and all of these things. Um, it's it's mm -hmm. almost like a, a larger percentage of yourself is the group in those moments. Yeah. Um, right, and it so it takes over. Um, well... Yeah. yeah, but but there's something else that goes on here, which is that there's a reason why we coordinate off to these moments, which is mm. like being that vulnerable. If you try to be like that for your entire life, like is we know there's some danger in it, right? If there's mm -hmm. something about it, we there's a reason you have a guard. It's because it's a protection. So mm -hmm. you, yeah, to not um, to not do that in a place like therapy, in a place like mm. the pub with trusted friends. Uh, to not do that in a religious setting. It's like you really have to pick your moments. Like we're fostering yeah. something interesting here, um, but I believe mm -hmm. with a lot of care. Um, mm -hmm. You can't live your life constantly like that. No, I because it's exhausting. That would be so exhausting. Plus, like, people are not always trustworthy and people also don't always deserve that space. And not because that they're lacking as people, but just that I think it's really important to know, like to be open to the situation. So like something that I try to do in my life is be open to when those conversations happen mm -hmm. and be ready to have those conversations, but to also kind of feel the room and see, is this a space? And like, sometimes I try to test the waters with saying something that's a little bit more, um, I don't know, just a, a little bit more like, like 
just below the surface. Like, let's just like kind of go to a more emotional place, see how they respond, but it's not something that's really close to me. And then if the response is also open, then you can kind of dive into that conversation. But sometimes like people aren't always ready for those conversations and that's not a bad thing, but it's just a like where people are in their lives because it does take a lot of energy to enter in that space and it does take a lot of trust. Yeah. So I had this pretty simple image while you were describing this of like people all being in capsules, um, mm. you know, just like, a you know, if you have a, a capsule for your, you know, paracetamol or something like that, that we mm-hmm. all have this capsule that we go through life in and that if you're, if you presume at every moment, like, because you know yourself, like, I'm trustworthy. Like, everyone mm-hmm. can see, right? <laughs> There's this really egotistical thing. Like, everyone knows that I'm lovely. Like, everyone knows that about us when we're kids, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, right? Then this moment where we test to see if someone would go to a level of greater meaning, um, which requires mm-hmm. trust. Um, you could be blind, in the, not yourself. I, I'm really not thinking of you, but mm-hmm. I'm thinking of this dynamic. Um, that you could be blind in those moments to Mm -hmm. if they see you as trustworthy enough yet. And actually someone who's savvy to that, like not everybody knows that I'm a good actor and that I have to be respectful of that. That's part of what fosters the trust. Um, Mm -hmm. And now I'm also seeing how all of our episodes are starting to line up together because we (laughs) talked about humor, yeah, and defensiveness, right, which is part of this capsule. And... um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think that disappointed hopes actually for you, I, I, I've heard that it ties into your mm. individual identity, uh, identity mm-hmm. in a huge way. Um, but I'm certainly yeah. seeing that defensiveness couple to a function of individuality. Um, so mm. actually, can I pass back? Um, yeah. And yeah, can we open up your feelings about individuality and how mm-hmm. it might have tied in? Because we've touched on it before and we can go back there how it's tied in with things like hope. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, sorry, my voice is a little froggy today. Um, yeah. Uh, when we were talking about disappointed hopes, it really hit me. Um, because I feel like a lot of our understanding of us as individuals is, um, what we bring to a society and Mm. to a community. And so if you're, if you're like, I want to create, like for me, a lot of times I want to create art and music that impacts people and creates like uh, more like creates language for people that don't necessarily know how to express the feelings and emotions that they have. So one of my goals as an artist is to create music that touches that place in people. Because I know when I was growing up, like I didn't have the language for a lot of my um, emotions or how I was dealing with trauma or just day-to-day life even. And music gave me, like those lyrics and those melodies gave me that voice And so I wanted to create art in the same way. Mm. So if I set my goal to be that within society and I don't reach that goal or I start to feel like I'm not 
um, I'm not working towards that anymore. I feel like I've lost purpose and I, it can be that disappointed hope can be tied to my identity within society. Mm. And I know that that for me has been a struggle recently, especially with the pandemic, because obviously all of a sudden anything that like big goals that I was planning towards, or I felt a lot of momentum felt stuck. And I, I, I am also aware that like, I don't want us to turn to a therapy session for Kahe. <laughs> like we don't have to go that route, you know, but I think, um, but it's something I'm, I want to be open about. And I, because I feel like it's a really good example of how, how we can start to feel a little bit lost within society. Yeah. So the, the, the first thing that uh, I wanted to come back to is the side point, uh, which is like, well, I don't want a therapy session for Kahe. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, I don't either because it, I'm the wrong one. Like it's the wrong place. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that nothing could not be said so like that you don't need to go there at all like, I think you totally can because I, I was actually thinking a lot of the times in therapy like how rarely you get an opinion th from a therapist <laughs> right or yeah. an insight I'm, I feel like I'm getting all these insights and everything's coming together and I'm attributing mm -hmm. everything to my therapist and they've not said much in the last five sessions and all of that and so I think it's something yeah. about having the space with the person like um we 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 have a friend named Sophie who described to me the idea of holding a space and that that's mm -hmm. what um, someone like a therapist can do. Um, mm -hmm. You're just holding a space for someone. Uh, you know, we're talking about this level of trust um, mm -hmm. in itself uh, can do something. Um, you know. Yeah. And I th feel like with therapists are, are trained to not give their opinion, but to ask questions to get a person to realize like certain um, to come to their own conclusions, basically. And right. they're, they're just trained, like, they're just good excavators, you know? Like, they're just, like, chipping away at things, like, helping you do the work. Because that's really where change comes, is it's not if someone tells you something, it's when you realize it for yourself. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, well, the, the, the analogy there is um, if you're, like, excavating something... Mm -hmm. uh, I, I guess that can be done wrong and you end up with like your paintbrush <laughs> going right through the dinosaur's bone and it, ah, right. And yeah. it's like, right. I guess that's the, the other side of it. There has to be, because there are several reasons why you don't mm -hmm. have everyone do that job. Um, so, but we, we should go back to your main point um, because I was getting this sense of um, a service that you found in the arts, right? That mm. there was a way that music spoke to you. Of course, we spoke about um, before, which I really don't know mm -hmm. much about, but you, that you very much saw yourself as being reserved in your formative mm -hmm. years um, mm -hmm. and that music helped you kind of break through some of that. And there was some, the way that it helped you kind of understand and articulate for yourself mm -hmm. and, and comprehend life and meaning and all of this, right? Mm -hmm. And that you want your music to do the same thing for someone else. And... The thing is, is that how much of this can be done as an individual? Because like you, you right in there, you had your influence from someone who gave that to you mm, uh, musically. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, we have the fact that we neither of us are inventing like Western harmony and the scales and the <laughs> genres, you know, 
Um, mm-hmm. And so the I think one of, and I get really stuck on this as well. Um, I think it's something like the need to be. I'm not attributing this part to you, but I'm that line of thinking has got me there. I've got mm-hmm. this thing when I make uh, some music that is like, well, the, this thing has to be special and mm-hmm. better than other people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And it is the stuff of writer's block. You know. Right. Because nothing's going to live up to that. I was I was going through this just this morning. I'm in my uh, you know my software for music, the door. Uh, I'm in mm-hmm. my door, and no, that hi hat's not right, and that one does not <laughs> set me apart enough, and it's um, it's a real sticking block. And yeah. I think I want to discard that way of thinking entirely. Um, and then it's like so because we're always going to be taking part mm-hmm. in something bigger than us. Um, yeah. And I, I suppose it's like to what degree and in a sense not finding the right balance between the because you get that in the group at three in the morning in the pub Mm. where you really feel like hey we're getting somewhere here this Mm -hmm. like it almost feels like the group is on this like trail to somewhere (laughs) right and you're not you just sat around you're on a trail to a hangover really (laughs) (laughs) but like you're on this trail somewhere and it's because you found this optimum um, balance between um, mm-hmm. my individuality and the group and it, everything yeah. just kind of sits effortlessly, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like we want to be there. Yeah. Um, Very yeah. much so. But that, does that speak yeah. to your point or does it take us away from your point? Because No, I think it definitely speaks to it. Sorry, I interrupted you. Please, uh, that's my thing uh, and hopefully it's catching on. um yeah something um something that I was thinking about when you were talking about that is like this idea that well at least as a musician a lot of times instead of writing music for ourselves we write music for other musicians we write Mm -hmm. music to impress other musicians and that's all well and good. And it's, it's great to like write really interesting like harmonies and something that will surprise musicians. But like when you're writing from a place to impress people, very rarely does it start to, do you get actually very creative with it? Mm. Because you're stuck in this place of like, oh, I have to I have to impress everyone. So I need to do it perfect. And then once you add that stress into a creative process, it's very difficult to get something that's lighthearted and organic and sits well, I guess. (laughs) And so that's something I, I know that struggle really, really well, but well, uh sorry, you go ahead. No, 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 there's more. (laughs) <laughs> uh no speak to that because i think i'm going to go off on a different tangent so oh, well there's a there's a cool place that that goes to you recently described the songwriting process or, or the songs that you create as being mm-hmm. like people right being yeah. like their own people and mm-hmm. um i think if you're if you're looking at what you've just created and instead of finding out who it could be like like mm-hmm. someone growing up they you're going to become who you are mm-hmm. instead of you could be the type of parent, right? I mean, what's going on when you're judging a song that's just coming to be and you're like, hey, you need to be more fricka fricka fresh. Come on, drop a beat <laughs> on it. This is going, 
now it should be more trap and it's like no i want to be a country song or whatever right yeah. and it's just like um <laughs> there's something ridiculous about that uh and and what you're doing is you're stifling the person that the song could mm. be um yes. uh yeah and so that's part of and when you do get past that when you start to become who uh to realize who the song is that's mm-hmm. where it starts that's where it gets on the trail well, this is, yeah, so for anyone who has not heard my analogy, um, my songwriting process is I very much treat a song as a person. And I think um, because I write more in the singer-songwriter indie pop, that the focus, sorry, the focus is heavily on lyrics and melody. And I truly believe that a good pop song at the end of the day, you can strip it back to its basic chords and even just like the vocals and melody, and it will still be a good song um, apart from all the production. And I think that there, a lot of times, I like to treat them almost as people. And people can wear a different outfit, like they can have a different style and that and the outfits are production. So it's all the different instrumentations, all the different, the soundscape, but like at the end of the day, it needs to fit and like flatter the person for who they are and show Mm -hmm. their personality. And if it doesn't do that, then I think sometimes production can be like a bad fit with different songs. So um, anyways, that's my approach to writing. But it's funny because it actually like fits in with this understanding of us as individuals Mm -hmm. is that Mm -hmm. really... um, in the words of RuPaul, we're born naked and the rest is drag. Like, the rest is our <laughs> persona. <laughs> I love RuPaul. I love Drag Race. I'm a massive fan. Um, but really, like, we we do put on a persona mm-hmm. to some degree. And, and that's not a... I, I don't think that that's hiding from the world. I think it it's in this ever-exploration of who we are as people and as we get older, that refines and refines and, and it, and it grows and changes as we grow and change. Like people are not static. And I think once I started to learn that about myself, it, it was a lot easier to like grow and adapt, um, and be okay with that. Cause I have a lot of issues with my identity when I, during massive shifts in my life. Mm-hmm. And once I came to the point of being like I am now in a different place and functioning as a different role to my community than I Mm. was before and that's okay this is really cool I think okay so don't let me oversell Mm -hmm. it because you might think it's really cool as well um well all the different parts could disappear so I'll try and tie this together Mm -hmm. quickly um so a song has this kind of personhood, which you might say is something like a true self, right? Mm-hmm. An essence, an inner being, right? And then you talked about persona, and that's like, you know, as you say, you can dress a person up. Uh, rural people might have something to say about that. Uh, <laughs> this persona, and that each mm-hmm. of us, of course, has a persona. The etymology of persona is a, a mask, literally. Um, and so, but that's kind of like, that's part of personhood, is that you have your true self and your persona, and uh, mm-hmm. No song is going to be realized without a production, without mm-hmm. uh, instrumentation, without uh, a genre, right? 
and that mm-hmm. it needs to be respected that that's not the true self, but it also yeah. is owed its true self. Um, but I'm also looking at how this maps right back into our group scenario, because mm-hmm. if you don't respect the members of your group, the collective, mm-hmm. as their own individuals and respect who their true self mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. Uh, and also respect that they need a persona to, which is the capsule that we spoke about, mm-hmm. that we all need this yeah. capsule, right? If you don't respect all that, then the, this flourishing of the group as one being with extra spirit cannot mm-hmm. be, right? Just yeah. like the song isn't going to grow if you don't respect the song of people, their individuality, then God, mm-hmm. that sounds pretentious. It really is. But it's good. There's still <laughs> something really good in there. If you don't respect that, then the group can't have that feeling. And then the group can't gain uh, like that. There's something about the richness of respecting a song and of a group having that friendship intimacy thing. Uh that all ties together. And it really is about respecting the, uh, this, yeah, the person's being, they're in a core. Because mm. uh, something that I think about as well is like, if you don't give people that safe space to be accepted, mm. they can't change and grow with you. Because the reality is like, people will never open up unless they feel like they're safe too. Mm. And so how do we go about our lives in a way that is open for those people? And yeah, just uh, that they, people feel safe to express themselves. And when people like the reason that so many people's like opinions change and I don't know, lives just like, or, or, epiphanies happening uh, sorry i cannot talk today epiphanies happen when mm-hmm. we're all drinking at 3 a.m is because it's a safe space for people to say their questions or or their or express deep parts of their pers- personhood and yeah. then be challenged in a way that's in an accepting light and that's what fosters that those epiphanies and that growth is that safety. So, oh man, this is, okay, my, my sister and cousin are going to have to forgive me. Um, <laughs> and I guess I'm going to have to forgive myself as well. This is taking me back to New Year's Eve. I want to say it was like 2000 and I'm not going to give away my age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It was uh, more than a few years ago. Uh, and we, we set, spent our New Year's. We, we didn't hit town. We spent our New Year's together and uh, we, you know, we got into a long, deep, meaningful conversation and, you know, things got like there was a passion in the conversation. And there was, <laughs> you know, sometimes there was deep understanding of person and sometimes there was absolute, how could you? And, you know, <laughs> my person's not being understood. And <laughs> we, um, we, we flipped over our kitchen table. It was an old <laughs> kitchen table. And we carved into the bottom of the table some things that, some old meaningful nonsense. Something like we'd come to our epiphany. You used the mm-hmm. word epiphany there and I really, it jumped up on me there. Some old yeah. nonsense that we thought was really deep. Like, never, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't even know that. <laughs> Always blah, in itself or something. It was just, mm-hmm. I don't want to see the other side of that table now. It still exists. <laughs> I know where the table is. Um, oh. Oh, God. Stop. I think this is an, I think this is something you need to 
explore and bring back to the podcast. We might, uh, yeah, right. If, if social distancing <laughs> allows a picture at some point, I'll, I'll see if I can possibly bring, who knows, I might be able to bear posting it. Um, mm-hmm. But the reason I'm saying it's old nonsense, because it's truly embarrassing, uh, but it's because those epiphanies, I don't know if this is true for you, but I believe those epiphanies, they're not the type that you put in a book. They're not the mm. type that you think that they're really, and maybe they are, but it's like, man, this is it. That's so deep. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. And then look at the thought that you thought was so profound in the morning and mm-hmm. find that there's nothing to hold on to and that it just doesn't mm. seem, like as a dream uh, evaporates with morning and, mm. and the thing that made it tangible is gone. It's like, because that space, part of the epiphany is that space and that trust and there's a jazz in the friendship. And I don't know. I, I, I mean, sometimes you can mm. take something out of that space, but have you ever found this, that there's something about these deep, meaningful moments and the, mm-hmm. and the epiphany, it's in the time and space and it evaporates? Yes. I, I like where you're going with this. I do feel like, though, that the things that I get out of that space are the memory of it. And it doesn't matter what we discussed. It, it can be something mm. truly silly or it can be, I don't know, kind of or something really amazing and um but at the end of the day like I remember that feeling of joy and purpose and love and acceptance and collecting those moments Mm. is what makes me feel alive and so like I won't remember the details of a con- mm. conversation or I'll may- maybe remember the key highlights, but the end of the day, I'm going to remember that feeling and that space. And I'm going to want to recreate that more in my life. And so as I, as I walk through life, I'm looking for those opportunities. Um, because there's that sense of togetherness that is really difficult to feel, especially right now, like, yeah. but I think even before we were all locked up in our homes, this, that feeling of togetherness is something that we, we need and mm. gives us purpose and value. And so like, yeah, finding those opportunities and clinging to those. Yeah, I think that's right. So there's, I think it's probably, and again, it's like, if you want someone that would actually know, go somewhere else. But of my, I'm going to throw out a wild hypothesis, which is like, we lived in small groups. We evolved in them. Mm-hmm. And right, we did the campfire thing before plasma screens were available. Plasma screens are better. No, they're not. Um, <laughs> not for but fire, we, <laughs> Well, it depends what you need it for, right? Um, <laughs> try getting an episode of The Office out of your, out of your fireplace. It's very, <laughs> very challenging. Um, but in any event, like we, we did like sitting around the, the fire every mm-hmm. single night of our life with people that we had deep, deep bonds with our community of like less yeah. than 100 people that we spent our, our entire day in life with. And, and that mm-hmm. it wasn't with this structure of money and, and um, you know, work and you go to this place and do this, but on this. Mm-hmm. You, so you're, you're right there with the intimacy and the meaning and you should probably share religious practices and all of this, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, the reason why it feels so much like you're in the right place when it happens is because you are home yeah. at last. And it's like everything else mm-hmm. that's going on. Maybe it's just one mode of being, but the fact that we're so estranged from it, um, mm. you know, it's like. 
because you know when you're there, hey, we should be doing yeah. this all the time. Uh, and the other thing that I'm seeing is like, you're right that so I'm sure sometimes people pull things out of those moments that they can carry with them their whole lives. I'm sure. I mean, because mm-hmm. we're looking at intersections between like spirituality and therapy and, and just communal mm-hmm. socialness and all of the rest. Um, but what you do learn, I think, is how to go back there, is how to be there. Yeah. Right. That's what you're talking about. This practice of like, how can I get back there? That's what I look for those moments um, mm-hmm. is that you you learn the routine um, mm-hmm. and that might that might look like someone who's just adept at being social, like someone who doesn't mm-hmm. uh, put everyone's guard up or someone who can listen well. Um, yeah. And so you can know how to get there. And I think that's really so much of what we're doing. We talk about how good could mm-hmm. a conversation be? Yes. What's the root there? Yeah. Mm hmm. Are you, oh, sorry, are you asking me? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, again, someone who's good at social stuff. I'll use a cadence <laughs> that indicates that my, uh, that my sentence is finished. Oh, stop. <laughs> Over to you, Kahey. <laughs> and now for the nine o'clock news. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I felt like that was almost rhetorical because it, it is like what makes a good conversation is... Mm. The engagement, the joy, the the just connecting with someone, like even like if you're having a like a passionate argument with someone, but like I guess maybe argument isn't good. It's more of like when you're having a a good debate with someone where there's that mm-hmm. respect, but you're both getting like passionate about a subject. Like it's just that feeling of like I'm connecting with someone else, mm-hmm. and I'm getting to express myself fully. And, and that is what makes a great conversation is when you can do that. And I also think that when you don't have to think about everything you're saying, cause you know, when you're in a group of people and it's just like slightly awkward and you are thinking of like, oh, should I talk about this? Oh, should I talk about that? Like, mm-hmm. and, and you kind of like process your words before you say them. It's just a big thing for me. Cause t- in group situations, I tend to be a a lot quieter. I'm, I'm a lot easier to talk to one-on-one because I'm definitely an observer. It's same on social media. I tend to be like a lurker, just <laughs> observing everything, never posting anything. Right, right, same. Um, but yeah, it's just that lightning in a bottle effect that is so, so cool about a conversation. And I think that's, that's what we're trying to do here is the whole reason we started Meaningfuls was because you and I love to talk about <laughs> weird stuff. Like we love yeah, yeah, to yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. like emotions and spirituality and life and how that all works. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's just really cool. Like that this is, this is what we're trying to capture in these podcasts because I don't know, I love listening to podcasts. Like I listen a lot to the liturgists. Um, which I don't know, they're more focused on like post-evangelical Christian spirituality. Um, all we have, is that Lennox in the background? There is Lennox in the background. Who's, uh, uh, who's, he's absolutely intent on me understanding everything about <laughs> I don't know you, if this is for the, for the audio chop, but if you want to say hello, you know. No, that's, that's fine. I don't, yeah, I don't mind. Like, it's very much real life. It, he wants to be a part of the conversation. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Lennox. Good stuff. Well done. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Very meaningful. 
Very meaningful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you for the contribution. Do you want to go back to Mama? Yeah? Let's see. Okay. Go ahead, buddy. Well done. Okay. He's off on another adventure. Sorry. Um, do you want to take it from the liturgy? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah, cool. Again, Thanks. part. Of, I think also part of this is the reality. Like, we are trying to be in the moment. Mm. And the reality is, like, you have kids. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. that's not like that's something that is to be celebrated and they can come in on the podcast and there'll be little noises like <laughs> we're all just humans and they're just humans making their little noises yeah i'm cool with it it's it's not bad at all it's it's because then we stay there right yeah. and it's like the less that this is a sim relate uh sim i can't say words either um but the less this is a, a simulated version of like a good conversation we have the more it's like this is just the channel um yeah. i think that's good i think that's really good um at the end of the day like this this chat is supposed to kind of simulate those conversations and be i guess a safe space for people listening mm. to explore these topics within themselves because i think sometimes without that kind of catalyst of putting themselves in that space like you don't tend to think about these things unless yeah. you're like actually in that meditative space yeah I, um, I, I, sorry no go go ahead I, you're making me think thingies but you're oh. still speaking no you're all right um and I think for me when I definitely had several podcasts that I listen to when I want to be in that space or I'm walking somewhere and I, I want to be contemplating on those things and I like listening to other people discuss it because it makes me kind of open up to that space more. Um, what were we going to say? Well, I was thinking about um, like the, the overall project of like, how do we conduct these conversations? And that, because mm -hmm. um, I'm seeing it to be, we, we honestly, we could unpack the subject of individuality and the collective a lot more because we really haven't opened it. But what we have done is at mm -hmm. least look at how the part of our project is, uh, you know, what glues uh, together the individual and the collective and that, that mm -hmm. something about what we're attempting to do finds that special space between them. And I think that that's been a big yeah. takeaway. Um, I guess for our particular project, I wouldn't want to use the term um, to simulate uh, because I would like to mm. think that what we're looking to do is catalyze, um, mm. the, right? So it's like, what can mm. um, afford that type of conversation? But then for a listener, they're simply not having the conversation with us. So that's true. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully technology will dissolve that boundary too. <laughs> um, that would be, yes. right? It, we'll get there. Ooh, if we could have like meeting, like Zoom meetings where we invite people. That I think that that's, that would be really cool that to do. Amazing. Well, the, the thing, oh. the platform that's opening up uh, for that, um, there's a new social media platform, um, Clubhouse. Um, okay. which I, I uh, understand it's invitation only, so we're not on there yet. I guess we're going to have to be <laughs> likable to a cool person. Um, but it, uh, yeah. it's something between, uh, as I understand it, something between a podcast and mm -hmm. like a Zoom meeting and that the, mm -hmm. it happens in real time and there can be audiences. And I think that that could be a really interesting platform for us to explore, you know, yeah. in, in that way. Because, yeah, yeah. Or, or what was your suggestion going to be? Something like Q&As or... 
Uh, I just have people on to discuss different topics, maybe. Yeah, yeah. De- well, yes, yeah. I mean, de- definitely. The, you know, the, the, this, there's no wrong way to grow a group like this, I think. No, you know? not at all. Okay, great. Um, I, so we do have a poem today that um, Peter suggested. And I actually, I really, really love this poem. It's a very popular one called um, The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveler long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other, as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that the passing there, had warned them really about the same. And both the morning equally lay, in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. That's cool. Now, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, now, like, there have been so many different uh, essays written on this poem. And I just think it's, I just, I always have such a lovely feeling when I read this. It's just, yeah. Yeah. What are your reactions to it? Well, uh, it's okay. So, uh, the poem went by me all too quick, and mm-hmm. as and I was hearing the familiar parts, and and I mean, uh, I have to spend even more time with it. But something did uh, emerge, which um, which is like, let's let's suppose that there's like the road, and then we mm-hmm. get back into something like religion. If we talk about like the single path of the universe of all things, mm-hmm. right, and then. Let's suppose that that's like a tree and that part of this fractal pattern is the branches that lead to the smaller branches to the twigs, right? And, and that that goes mm-hmm. on and on. And that each one of those smaller branches out is the road less taken. Mm-hmm. And all of that is something about being an individual as the collective, yeah. right? And that part of the reason to be and to live is to um, make the story big, bigger, by having a road mm-hmm. less traveled, right? That everything that's gone before, the lane that everyone's in, um, mm-hmm. the part that diverges is the part that adds to the story. And it's ultimately part of the tree. It's part, right? Yeah. And so um, I think that there's, there's some way that for me, being an individual and taking the road less traveled is something about taking part in the bigger story and making the bigger story mm-hmm. bigger. Um, that they don't mm-hmm. seem on this occasion of reading it to be at odds with each other like I'd usually heard. Mm-hmm. I've usually heard it as though like the really, really top layer of reading this poem is like, everyone does that, you do this, you're different, you're individual, boom, mm-hmm. done. And I'm mm-hmm. not seeing that now as clearly as I'm seeing that the road less uh, traveled is something to do with making the whole super road greater and larger mm-hmm. and, and fuller. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, what I kind of was musing on 
while you were speaking was just the the idea of like the the one less traveled right is more of an adventure yeah and I mean we've all gone for a little hike in a in the woods and have seen like a I don't know a path that it just isn't disturbed as much and gone down or cut across like a a field and Mm. just to be off the path and and see something new. Um, But I I think there's a place in our lives where each path we turn down there, there's sometimes cause for taking the path that has more adventure. And I think that there's also something to be said for taking the path that has comfort and mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. knowing ourselves and knowing when we need to go down either is really important as well because there's nothing bad with taking the path that has been traveled before. Um, but I think the it's really important to know ourselves and to discern when we need to take that step and be adventurous or be trusting or yep. um, open and when we can rest. And I think that's the more comfortable path. Well, there's this other way of looking at that or this other way that this ties together, which is that, like, it's a road. And it, mm. so it's not like um, it's not like because you're taking the road less travelled that you get to decide at all. Like, every part of the mm. road ahead of me comes from my consciousness and, like, the secret I'm yeah. projecting out there and I manifest the road. It's not that. It is the road. And, you know, you travel along it. Mm. And so there's this thing of, like, I don't have to make up the whole thing. The road's Mm. there. And so it's like, if we take this back to some of our analogies earlier, the the group having this dynamic, because it's not happened before, this group of people, let's say there's seven or eight people around around a Mm -hmm. table on a a particular occasion, this has not happened before. It is always the road less traveled. This Mm. time hasn't happened before. And so it's part of the point of continuing being and continuing rather than just dismissing people like, well, you're a person I've met people before. I don't need to hear a <laughs> word you say, but the road less traveled is honoring the moment with those that you're with, uh, you mm. know, and, the, um, and that, yeah, somehow that's like, so you don't, but trying to force the road is this thing of like, that's where it's going to collapse under the weight of like, what I was mm. talking about at the start of this podcast, like I need it to be brand new and special and I need to yeah. be better than everyone and all of it. Right. Um, and yeah. so somehow I think that that does make the road less traveled part of the bigger road. Uh, mm. And yeah, that's just the, where your thoughts took me yeah. back. I, somehow I'm tying it back to what I was saying. Hopefully I'm not commandeering your thought too much. No, no, you're not. Um, I think that's good. I think this this idea of um, we're not manifesting the things in front of us. And the reality is, is that like not our whole lives don't depend on us <laughs> on, yeah, yeah. on every term like obviously they're like we do like our our work and our our um what we do in our life matters but the reality is is that like we're a part of a greater world and I think that's sometimes something when you walk in the woods and you pay attention to what's around you you're aware that you are just one thing in the midst of this beautiful ecosystem. And that I think is so important is taking the pressure off of ourselves sometimes 
and just being a person, a part of something more. Well, when you talk about uh, paying attention as well, I think that mm. the, I think that's a great point because part of being on the road less traveled is paying attention. The road less traveled is being in the moment. This moment has not mm. happened before. You are on a road less traveled always when going into the future. And mm -hmm. you aren't there unless you're paying attention to the individuality of this moment. This moment mm. is in many regards exactly the same as every moment you've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. And in many, many, in infinite other regards, completely unique yeah. uh, and new. And if you aren't casting aside the world without paying attention, like I've seen the world before, mm. same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Then you're, yeah. then you find yourself there. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I for me I I yeah for me I I found that to be I'm really glad man we think of things I I find that I think of things when when we talk that don't happen mm -hmm. um inside my you know my own uh, cranium alone with my own thoughts oh my gosh Great it stuff. all ties together that's the whole point <laughs> of this isn't it that's the conclusion we've drawn is uh yeah it's amazing well Peter thank you for talking with me this has been great and yeah and thank you I'm, i feel like i'm walking away with this good beautiful like cloud around me of like that space that spirit that we were talking about at the beginning just that and that the peace and comfort that comes when you enter into that space yeah i so we've on different occasions we've sometimes i think had insights and profound thoughts I'd like to think. Uh, and sometimes mm -hmm. we've had the spirit, let's say. Um, mm -hmm. And I, for me, the most spirit was in when we've done group sessions. And the most mm -hmm. interesting thoughts are in the, just the conversation, the ideas explored. Mm -hmm. But I, I agree, the spirit seems to be the predominant thing here today. And that's like, well, how could I not be grateful for, for your time <laughs> for that? That's just wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to everyone listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>